Hey, what's up? Welcome to Project Freelance. My name's Kay Anagonio, and this week on the podcast, I am talking to Dean Tepper, who is otherwise known as Boylord Music. He's a music producer, and he works with Futuristic. He produced his two recent albums, I Am and Zachary Lewis. I recently had DJ Codebreak on the podcast to talk about DJing for Futuristic, and he said, hey, I bet Boylord would love to come on and you know, talk to you on the podcast. So we set this up and now we're doing the podcast and I'm super excited to get into this episode and talk about production with Dean. But before we get into that, I wanted to say a huge thank you to my Patreon supporters. You guys are helping to support my art. You're helping me grow this podcast, my YouTube channels, and you're helping me create bigger and better content for you guys. Thank you so much to everyone over there on patreon.com slash just the letter K. If you become a patron today, you get things like signed photo prints, exclusive content, and Skype calls every single month. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Let's jump right into this episode. Dean, please introduce yourself to the people and what it is you do as a freelancer. My producer name is Boylord. My human name is Dean, and I'm a music producer. So, okay, I like that you said your human name, by the way. That's great. <laughs> yeah, it's a little more personal. I, I, I don't love it when people call me Boylord, honestly. I, like, if I know someone, just call me by my real name. So, well, let's talk about Boylord. How'd you come with? How, how'd you come up with that name? Oh, man. So, I've just had a string of pretty terrible names for a long time, and I... I was kind of evolving as an artist, like my last name before Boylord was Fly Hats, and I hated that name, and we were on the way to a video shoot with this artist I was producing a few years ago, and I always listen to classical music in the car, and on this one station, they're like, oh, the the um, the Boylord of piano, and, and it was some like amazing piano player, and everyone kind of looked at me, and they're like, oh, like you should be Boylord. And I was Boylord ever since. That's sick. I love I love hearing about how people came up with their artist name. It's like a huge part of who you are and like building your brand. So let's go back to the beginning. Uh, how'd you get your start in music? Like what what were some of your interests when you were a kid? Oh man, I, when I was a kid, I honestly was really, really concerned at a young age. I was like, mom, if there's only so many notes, then like how is it possible to make original music? And, and, and I, I was like really worried about that in like third grade. And I, I, I didn't even realize this, but when I was little, I used to like touch different parts of my desk and I had, I, I had all these sounds like assigned in my brain to the different parts of the desks I was touching and, and, and the objects on the desk. So I would like make these like mental drum kits. And then I started, like, I used to play the violin, and I, I was, like, a little husky when I was little, and I hated wearing suits for the violin recitals, because, like, they never really fit right, so I ended up quitting violin and picking up the guitar in, like, seventh grade, and I had nothing to do this summer. My dad gave me, like, his old guitar from when he was in high school, and I literally learned guitar from watching Comcast On Demand guitar lessons, and um, then... I was in high school, like my friend Mike was sick at guitar and I really wanted to be in a band. So I started this band and I honestly hated working with the lead singer in the band. We we like clashed a lot 
and uh, like he's still one of my best friends but but at the time like he, he he'd always be like don't wear your orange shirt like and i just loved my orange shirt it was my favorite shirt but he's like it brings too much attention to you at the shows and and i i, I was like screw this so i like kind of started making my own music and writing my own songs and then come like freshman year of college i was looking for an extra class to take like I, I needed a one credit elective and i came across this music production class which was honestly the luckiest thing in the world and i just fell in love with that and and the school then like i did really well in the class and then the school hired me as a ta for the next like three years i got like an upper level credit a for teaching other students how to produce music so I got to work on like all sorts of like weird projects and help people out with all that. And also in college, like I was making money by DJing at like one of the clubs there. And I used to make four on the floor dance music. And my ideas were cool, but I was a pretty awful producer. And then I started like the second I graduated, my music super chilled out because I wasn't going out five nights a week. And I got super into like hip hop and R&B and was DJing around New York City a little bit. And I mean, this is a really long answer to how I got into the production, but like it, it could go longer if you want, or, or I could save it for later because I could just unleash. No, unleash, man. Like it's, that's what podcasts are all about. Like tell your story, dude. This is your time. <laughs> all right. Well, hell yeah. So then... So it's crazy, like, like how all the events unfolded for me to, like, have really been doing. Because at the time, like, I was just DJing, like, every, like, Friday, Saturday night in New York. And I was going and, like, just networking a lot and meeting rappers and going to produce them. And, um, like, one one night I, I um, went to, like, a friend's, I'm Jewish, and I went to a friend's family friend's Rosh Hashanah meal. Like, he invited me, and I'm like, what the heck? Like, let me go. And I'm sitting across the table from these two younger kids. I think they, they were probably, like, maybe 14 at the time. And I was just telling stories about, like, DJing and, and, and the rap life and all sorts of stuff that I saw. And one of the kids played piano. And I was just just having a blast, like, like talking, to, talking to them and and three months later i get an email from his dad and he's like i don't know what you said to my son but he wrote like 20 songs after talking to you like do you mind like like coming and like showing him and like basically giving him some lessons and i was all pumped that i inspired this little kid and my best friend from college lived like an hour away from me which is where that dinner was so every time i would go visit him i would like stop by um stopped by Mitch's house who who's the the father of this kid Nathan who's who's the man and I would just like show him music production stuff and and his dad would always like offer me money and I never really I, I've always been kind of like not weird with money but it just didn't make like when you do something you love like that transition between it being a hobby and a job is so strange and awkward when you first start dealing with money so like I, I was like, I, I can't take your money. He was offering me like like way too much for like an hour of my time. And I just, I felt weird about it. So he's, one day he's like, how can I help you? I'm like, you can help me find a job in music if that's possible. 
so then he had me send my music to who ended up being like my we thought he lived in Brooklyn at the time and this dude ended up living in LA and that became my first job in Los Angeles so after like living in my mom's house and kind of going into the city to DJ and stuff within two weeks I just packed up my stuff and moved to LA and yeah that kind of started it so talk about DJing in New York, New York City. Like, what's that life like? Like, what was your average night looking like? Like, what what were you doing out there? <laughs> Honestly, my average night was getting ripped off by promoters. <laughs> like, it, it, I, it was cool. Like, it was way better money than college. But then, like, I don't know. I, I just... I fell really out of love with that scene really quick because you show up to the club and and it's not, it's not, it wasn't necessarily my job to promote the club uh, and if there if it's not super bumping and and you're DJing like all the promoters like when you're especially when you're nice like I don't I don't think you like know me like I'm a very smiley person and in the beginning of everything before i knew what was up like people would just walk all over like they took kindness as weakness and like i would be like oh yeah if i get it like like yeah it wasn't super popping tonight like and then then yeah they just wouldn't pay me the full amount or or pay me at all sometimes and i started getting frustrated but it was really it was still cool but I would say it was more of a transitional phase where I was like, okay, like I, I'm into music production. Like I like making my own music and I, the DJing thing was cool, but a lot of it is more like, it's not, it's not what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. I mean, you went into it, I'm sure with expectations and goals and you came out of it getting screwed over and not you know getting the the reward out of it necessarily i totally understand yeah. that i guess i'm being a little more negative than it was like i really only got screwed like a couple times but there was one night that was just ultimately like one of the worst nights ever where where like i'm driving up to the club i i forget what the name of it was but it was this new spot and and we're looking for parking and it was one of those situations where i'm like skeptical of a spot and i i had a few friends in my car and they're like oh dude like no just park there like you're good man so all my equipment's in the trunk of the car i go up to my friend's apartment we leave all the equipment in the car like i, I have a few drinks come back down to get my equipment before the club and and my car got towed so then i have to drunkenly go to get my car out of the lot pay like three hundred dollars to get it out it, it was like a hundred eighty dollars to get it out and then like a hundred fifty dollar ticket on that which was devastating for me at the time and um and and then i get to the club finally and there's just no one there and I DJ the whole night, and then the promoter stiffed me at the end of the night, and it was just, it was honestly just the worst. That was that was one of my last times DJing in New York City, and 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 before I moved to LA. But yeah, that was a terrible night that happened. So what made you take that leap to actually like go out to LA from New York? I mean, that's like you're going across the country. You know, that's a big move for somebody. Did you know people out here? Like, what were your expectations coming out to LA? I knew zero people out there. I knew who my boss was after meeting him like one time, <laughs> and um, yeah, I was just ready. I was. I'm like, I guess you're supposed to move out there if you're trying to do music, which which I definitely agree with. 
and um and yeah i was just i was living at my mom's house and my stepdad's and i just i was so ready to go like the second i had an opportunity i was just like two weeks later i was i was just gone so when you got to la what were you doing what was your gig out here um, so it was actually a sick job. It, I, I was project manager at this new event space. So it was basically an art gallery with completely empty walls. Cause when I, I came out, it was basically the start of it, like from the ground up. So we had empty walls. So I got to find artwork to hang on the walls. I book all these cool art shows. We had a little recording studio. So I would book out the studio. We would host weddings and other cool events. So it was like the ultimate, like it was such a great intro to Los Angeles. Cause I got to network with so many people, like some of which are like my best friends to this day. And um, even the dude that connected me with Futuristic Vaccine, like four years ago or five, no, it was five and a half years ago at this point when I moved out there and I posted an ad on Craigslist saying, submit your artwork, like we're a new art gallery. Vaccine in the beginning of his art career submitted his artwork and he does these painted, it looks like a collage, but it's all hand painted. And I noticed he was an A&R in the music industry and I kind of told, I told my boss, I'm like, honestly, I don't need, his artwork's sick, but I don't even care what it looks like. Like, we just got to meet this guy. Cause I noticed at the time he did, um, he had the, the record Timber by Pitbull and Kesha out and that was like in his bio. So I'm like, cool. Like we, we got to meet this guy. So we were like the first gallery to ever hang his artwork. And since then, um, so I had a different situation at the time. I wasn't even comfortable enough with my music to like show him my music. But he had a respect for me, like for being, for for hanging his work, and I we just followed each other on social media, and like two years later, when I was out of my other management situation, I hit him up with some music, and then his first move was intro introducing me to Futuristic, which was crazy. And did you know Futuristic at the time as an artist? Um, I knew him from the viral like nerd raps in the hood video. I did not sure. know him like the layers of him as an artist which which like even to this day I learn about songs that he's done that I'm like whoa like I didn't even realize you did that he he's just dope he's he's a talented guy that man so talk about meeting futuristic and like what your first interaction with him was like so my first interaction with him we were in a studio it was my first meeting with vaccine and he was rolling through to finish his album as seen on the internet and it was just very brief like said what up that was it then like six months later when i decided to move forward with vaccine vaccine sent him the beat to this song on the blessings album that ended up being changed somebody which is like one of my favorite beats i've ever made and he actually closes out his set every show with that so we did like one song over the internet we honestly had such minimal interaction for about a year and a year went by and my my car i i had this so when i first moved to los angeles a dude was texting and driving and totaled my um my hyundai tiburon so I got the insurance money from that and then I bought a 2000 Volkswagen Passat. It was like 14 years old at the time or 15 years old, but it just like sat in some old lady's garage for, for years and had like super low mileage. But what I learned about that car about three years later is that it 
decreased in value a lot and it wouldn't pass a smog test and I had to get like a whole internal computer. So the car was going to die. I knew I had to give it up because it wouldn't pass a smog test and financially it didn't make sense to put more money into the car. So I'm like, I hit up Zach and because I'm the, I'm like an in-person producer. I'm not really a beat maker. Like I like working in person with the artist and making beats that, like out of them and hitting random stuff around the house. And um, so I told Zach, I'm like, you know, like I, I, the reason I don't send you beats is because I'm really an in-person kind of guy. Like I'm going on this road trip. I would love to swing by uh, Phoenix if you're down to work. And he's like, yeah, come to my house. So I just drove from L.A. to Phoenix like a couple weeks later and the like it was funny because when i first got here i guess he didn't tell like the rest of the team that i was even coming so like i knock on the door and marcus answers and and he's like he's like hey like what's going on and i'm like oh like how you doing and i just walk in the house and he's looking at me like i'm crazy like he thought <laughs> i was a psycho fan or something and then after like a two minute talk i'm like you know what? like i'm i'm like boy lord right and he and he's like oh my god dude he's like i didn't know what to do like i thought you were a freak so that was kind of my intro to sheesh world studios and zach came over and he didn't really trust me yet as a producer and he'd never really made a song like from scratch before like he typically just got beats and in the past anytime he made a song from scratch he said it would just like never worked out right so kind of what i did is i put him in the vocal booth and this is after like like maybe like five minutes of like hey what's up we kind of just got right down to business like still didn't really know each other that well and i put him in the booth i'm like tap out what you want the tempo of the song to be on your chest right now so he's tapping on his chest then i'm like okay now take this object and hit that to that tempo so he does that i have him hit like a few different objects and then i'm like okay now give me like a vocal to chop up so he made he, was, he did like an ooh noise and he didn't trust me yet so he just was like okay like i'm gonna go handle some stuff back at my house and and um yeah like i'll come back in an hour so in that hour i ended up making the beat to what ended up being like our biggest song right now that him and i have done together called that's that so it was like the ultimate like best case scenario like under pressure i love i honestly just love working under pressure and i was so nerd i was like damn like if i just drove all the way out here to blow it like that that would suck so he got so excited when he heard that beat he's like let's do another one so then we made like three more beats and and I'm like, okay, like I've made all these beats at this point. Like, are you gonna hop on any of them? And then we he, we did call you back, which was the first song on the I Am album. Was the first song he ever put vocals on. Then we did. I'm pretty sure we did the song How I Live that actually didn't come out. And then we did that's that. And we we did like eight songs on the first trip out here and so i'm at the airport no no not at the airport I, I like drove back to la i'm like dang like what's this guy thinking because we honestly just killed it i've never seen anyone write that fast and and he'd never seen a producer produce like as quick as i i can so i'm like what is this guy possibly thinking like i know we did something cool so i got back to la and he calls me and he's like dude we should make this a monthly thing like you should just come out a few days every month and let's see what we can do so that started for the next six months 
and after six months we had like a ridiculous amount of songs and he's like i think i'm gonna need you for like a year would you be willing to move out here to like really do this and at the time i was living in um like everyone thought i was being kind of facetious when i was said i was living in a closet but like i've never wanted to do anything other than music so i just always made sure that my monthly overhead was super low so i was living like reverse harry potter style where instead of under the stairs i was living over the staircase in like a closet for 200 dollars a month outside of a living room and that was sick because I got to work on music 24-7 but I was so fed up of the closet <laughs> and it was about to be winter and the closet in the winter was really cold like I'd been living there for three years so like in in the winter like I typically would sleep with like three jackets on on like a yoga mat on the floor of the closet because I never wanted to make it too comfortable for me either because I always wanted to get out of there even though I loved living there like looking back on it I really loved it but um yeah i was so ready to go so when he asked me to to come out here i'm like let's let's go and and yeah it's been like maybe three quarters of a year out in phoenix arizona and we're getting ready for the tour now and yeah two albums later so do you live in the house yeah i literally live in the studio Okay, so tell me about that productivity-wise. Like, talk about the perks of literally living with your, like, with your artist. I know he's got, like, his own section of the house, but, like, you're you're literally within walking distance. Like, you're right there. Like, talk about the productivity. I mean, it was insane. Like, we went through months where, like, it was just constant, constant, like, working like everything we did whether we would go out or do anything fun everything revolved around come home like have like we go out have a few drinks come back record like go play darts go bowling come back record and and just rattling off ideas but that's how like especially with the I am album like we really worked so hard to get that done like that thing's my baby well our baby it's it took so much and like to pick the best songs for it and there there were songs that totally evolved and the whole thing would have been so different if I didn't live here yeah definitely and for those that are like freelancers out there like when when did it become like financially you know like was he paying you per song was he paying you per hour like how did that work for you like when you moved out so the deals get structured differently like for both of the albums but for the first one it was like you get paid per song and then as a producer you automatically get 50 percent of the writing and the publishing like that's just standard and if anyone's telling you otherwise like that's just it's just like you're entitled to it so it's like you get paid an upfront rate that's usually like recouped and then you also get your 50 percent of publishing so like that's kind of how it was structured for the first one and then the second album's like was a little different but yeah it it just immediately like to get me out here like it, it, it was nice like dude legitimately changed my life yeah absolutely and i mean i i can only imagine like living with a producer you know i've got i do music as well i'm a metal screamer and singer and so i've got a guy that works with me on instrumentals and he's like it's so cool when you find somebody you connect with like that like it's amazing that you and futuristic came and connected that way um 
talk a little bit about that's that i mean that song went pretty freaking viral if you ask me like talk about the feedback from that and what it was like when it came out well that was just so crazy for me because it, it was for my first like three months out here like i moved out here like two days before that's that came out and and the first like three months out here it was on the radio so i would like get in my car and put on power 98.3 and it would just like be on sometimes and the first time i heard it i honestly cried and i was so happy to like share that with my because the thing about like people that don't do music is they don't understand things unless you give them like like big names so it's like for my grandparents to know that i was like on the radio like that meant a lot to them while my grandpa was still around and um and it just meant a lot to my parents even though like i don't even know like because i won't see royalties from that for like another year because it takes so long to register but um but like even though like i don't know how that works financially like i'm pretty sure like it was just sick to be able to share something like that with them and um just to have a song like like doing super well like I'm just so happy because I had this old project that before that's that like my biggest song was on this project that I kind of just ended negatively and I didn't want that song to be my biggest song so when that's that overtook it I was so freaking happy that my biggest song wasn't like bad vibe city yeah that's I totally get what you're talking about like it's no fun to have you know something so successful be attributed with something that you dislike or have like a bad taste in your mouth from it yeah um, that it would always b- so, bother me um so tell me about some of your influences when it comes to like production work um timberland and scott storch scott storch is like the melody master and timberland is like just so dope with hitting random objects and and yeah he's just he's like the the goat that do you use do you use any like sample packs or are you creating all your own shit? No, I'm really creating all my own sounds. I hate scrolling through samples and 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 also just knowing other people have the same stuff as me. Like I've always prided myself on originality and like when you kind of like even if I make beats that where I'm trying to sound like someone else, like they just end up sounding like me. So I, rather than working against myself, I decided to work with myself and like the second I acknowledge that I'm not gonna be like, like I'm not supposed to be a metro booming type producer and I'm not supposed to be a straight pop producer either. And like, I kind of just honed in on the fact that I'm good with like creating sounds. And honestly, a lot of the time, like my coolest stuff happens from me just making mistakes, but I'm really good at acknowledging mistakes and being like, wow, that mistake was way better than anything I ever could have thought of. So. Yeah, it just it just kind of helps, and also knowing which musicians to bring in, because the color aid out here is so awesome. These dudes are just such good musicians; it's not even fair. So I bring them in a lot too. How did you guys come across them? Um, I think Zach came across them. He he stumbled upon one of their shows one night, and and had been touring with them. He then he, then that led to them going on tour together, and after tour like those were just the first people when i came out here and told him kind of what i wanted to do those were the first people he hit up and we just immediately started crushing it together so they always come around so on this upcoming tour 
are you going to be on the tour? If so, what's your role on tour? Yeah, so this is crazy for me because right now I'm practicing like like all day and on so p other people can use the studio i have my whole practice set up in the closet but i'm playing guitar we're doing like a little acoustic segment and i'm playing guitar and i have this looping pedal so i like kind of i arranged like five to six different songs and and basically like hit the guitar and do all sorts of stuff and just loop over myself and, and Zach and I perform like sitting on stools next to each other. It's going to be really cool. I'm, I'm so excited for that. That's dope. What a like unique little thing to bring to the show as well. I mean, you know, he's got, I obviously I was on warp tour when he was on it. And so I got to watch the show almost every day. And so it's very like high energy, very like fast paced. So it's cool to kind of break it up and bring something uh, more intimate to it. Uh, how did you guys come up with that idea? I have no idea how people are going to react to it, but we we came uh, we came up with the idea just because we wanted to figure out how to incorporate the live looping into the set, and realistically, like like we didn't want something that like it. We we didn't know how to incorporate it into the set without it just being the ultimate turndown. So we figured like he's gonna it, I don't want to spoil it but like the, the, his fans are gonna get like everything they want and more and then when it comes time for like the turn down like they'll be ready for it <laughs> man I'm so excited to come out to one of the shows like I like it's it's so much fun watching them perform and so like which city I can't, are you going I can't wait to? to see what happens um I think you guys are doing like San Diego or LA oh yeah we're doing San Diego that's right. That's yeah. like the so third I'll be, show. I'll be out there for sure. I'll be out there for sure. Heck yeah. I look forward to meeting uh, you in person. Absolutely. Same here. So what is some stuff that you took from school that you brought into your real world practically? And what are some things you learned outside of school that you've um, implemented into your practice? Honestly, the cool part about school and it, it just facilitates creative thinking. So it's not necessarily what you go there for. But it's what like you get out of it. <laughs> that that sounds so cliche. But um, it, it really for me, I I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. I always just wanted to do music, and I'm like going through school and getting a general education. And when it was my junior year, year I was really close to finishing cinema, and I was really close to finishing English. And so I was like, I'll just be a cinema major because that sounds a little easier than English. But what was cool about where I went, I went to SUNY Binghamton in upstate New York. And it, it was kind of funny because it was an experimental film program. And I honestly just thought by the time I became a senior, like we'd start making like real movies and stuff. And it turned out like the whole program was just experimental. But with that, and I was, at the time I was kind of bummed. But and and they would always get mad at me for doing things too structured and like we had like these sound design classes and i would make my sound design too musical and they would like get mad and like i would literally get lower grades for having like hot beats in my sound design <laughs> and um and because it was supposed to be experimental but 
looking back on it, it kind of gave me this left field approach to how I attack my music, even though like his film editing is very similar to music editing. It's just visual music. So it's still rhythmic and you still feel it. I just happen to hate editing film. It, it's it's honestly so weird that I majored in film because I, I give I give B Menace, who's, who's our film guy out here, so much props because he just he works his ass off like the rendering and and stuff and how long it takes to, to do that i just like to get my ideas out quick because when i'm inspired it's like whew, but with film you can't really do that yeah you can render out a song in a matter of minutes but sometimes we gotta wait two three days to render out our videos <laughs> yeah it's so crazy talk to me about what your goals are like what do you want to do for the future like what what projects are you working on now that uh you've got well actually let's go back let's go back we just had i am and zachary lewis come out uh talk about the feedback talk about you know what people have been saying about the albums uh i know that zach said that it was kind of a different style for him and it was kind of like a new take on on his music and so you guys were not sure how the feedback was going to be, but talk about it a little bit. So before the I Am album came out, like we were getting a lot of like hateful comments online. And and I was like, I said to Zach, I'm like, man, I hope I didn't just ruin your, your entire career with this, this album. But it came out and it, honestly, when I Am came out, it completely flipped all the comments. Like his fans were loving it. Like they were saying it was one of his best albums and, and that felt really good to me like because it, like it, we really just put so much into that album. As far as numbers wise, like it's, it's obviously not going viral like the greatest and, and as big as As Seen on the Internet was, but I genuinely consider it a success and I think it'll still grow. And I think Zach's also about to have a massive year come this 2020 and everything's gonna go full circle back like people are gonna appreciate that body of work in the long run even the zachary lewis zachary lewis also like people are liking but you know he's got a lot of fans that just love fast rap and like we didn't really give them fast rap we we gave them like music that they just some of them weren't ready to digest and his real fans were though and they they really saw it for what it is and liked it so I'm 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 freaking yeah. proud. Yeah, I think the the fast rap is very you know popular right now, so I kind of get it. I get why people are all about that, but I think that you got to bring something that's unique to it, you know. So bringing those like slower songs or those not as not as fast paced songs to it, I think it kind of helps it balance itself out, you know. And it doesn't make you sound like everybody else that's trying to do the same shit. Yeah. Like, Show Me Something Else on the I Am album is probably the coolest song I've ever made, like, period. That song is so nuts. And for him to, like, just do that as a, as an artist and go completely outside of his comfort zone was so cool. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I personally love what he's doing, and I, I love that you guys are doing together. And I'm I just, your, your whole team is, like is so great together and you guys work together so well and of course like i wish you nothing but the best um what is something you know now that you wish you knew when you started um have a good lawyer don't trust everyone like be open don't hold grudges just share how you feel but have a good lawyer and talk to me about why you need a good lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's it, it's not even about 
it's just it'll save you from so many headaches down the road like when you're young and you're like looking for good opportunities and stuff and you're excited about something you can just get get duped so easily by people and 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 trust people's word that you've been working with for years and they'll tell you a contract's cool and their lawyer looked over it have your own lawyer just have your own lawyer i don't even want to get into it but just do it do it it is very important all right man where can people find you on social media boy lord music on instagram and i think if you search boy lord on facebook my facebook page is basically a regurgitation of my instagram so i'd emphasize the instagram i'm also i have a personal project that's going to come out like within the next couple months that i'm really excited about and that'll be on spotify as boy lord as well can you talk about that a little bit more? What are you working on with that? So when I finished the I Am album in particular, I was like, what do I do with my life now? Like I have nothing to do in Phoenix, Arizona. And I was super like, I was like, it was like post-album depression because I spent every day for so long just thinking about that album and, and finishing it and mixing it and just beating it to a pulp. So I had this huge gap in my life and I found... I also like within the past year had lost two of my like both of my grandpas that I was really close with and I kind of just needed like the second the album was done like a week I think two weeks before the album came out my grandpa Mike had passed away which was the second grandpa this year so the second I finished also like all of a sudden then I had to deal with that too like because I was kind of just so focused and like that's what I was using as my escape that the second I didn't have that to think about 24-7 I was like oh god like here comes the grieving process and I found this this um I guess um what's the what's the word it, it was it, it it felt good for me to just start screaming on these like metal hip hop beats, and it's it's like melodic oh, screaming. Okay. So so I I started like just very guitar driven beats with like kind of like melodic screaming, and I yeah I do that and then like like Zach Futuristics obviously like I feature him I feature my buddy Toyko another rapper Abstract that's out here. And I figure, like, like as a producer, it's just cool because you, you make connections with so many artists, and it's also a good barter point. So I could just have, like, these crazy songs and combine, like, kind of, like, just collage all these people together and, 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 and just feature a bunch of my friends on it, too, and just have these fun, like, heavy, hard-hitting songs, which is kind of what I'm working on right now. I mean, I, I've three or four singles done at the moment and i'm just trying to get more like good ones i have a lot of really shitty songs too <laughs> that no one will ever hear <laughs> i think we all have uh, our fair share of shitty products that we don't want the world to ever see or hear um so what what do you hope for your future like long term like what are you hoping to do with this like where do you want it to go um, I just want to be producing everyone, like like literally everyone that I've ever wanted to work with, and I and I genuinely think that that's a thing. Like everything that I've wanted to do, you just breathe it into existence, and you talk about it, and you think about it, and you think about the steps to get there, and 
it would be so sick to be like the independent hip hop DJ Khaled like type thing. But I, I also would love to work with big mainstream artists as well. I just think like just keep kind of honing in on like my niche and my sound and, and not really pay attention to what other people are doing and just kind of like give people a reason to want to work with me because I'm me and not because I can be replaced by like 50 other producers so yeah yeah, I, I would just love to be working with everyone and their mother everyone and their mother so tell me about the uh so- the software the hardware you're using what are you running through uh talk about your like technical the technical side of production a little bit so i'm an ableton guy i love ableton i used to have logic but if you really want to go in i i, I just love ableton we have at, at the sheesh studios we just have the apollo twin we got the u87 mic and I have a Fender Stratocaster, which is like my guitar baby, a Juno 106, like, cause, cause I, I just love analog gear. And I used to sleep on the couch at the studio that had a Juno and I fell in love with it. So I just got a Juno 106, which is my new baby. And then, yeah, that's really like all, I'll, I'll just like take all the, we have a drum set here. So I'll like take each drum into the vocal booth and just like hit those two to make it kind of feel live without being live and yeah i'm just a savvy computer editor that's like the number one thing like i'm not the best guitarist in the world but can i edit myself to sound really good at guitar yes yeah see that's my one fault when it comes to audio engineering i'm not i would never consider myself an audio engineer i can you know edit myself around reaper a little bit but i'm i can't make beats i don't know how to find drums i don't know how to do any of that shit so i mean Mad props to you for for learning all that stuff and and learning how to edit and doing it so successfully. And I wish you all the best of the luck in the future, man. Um, do you have any final advice for up and coming producers out there? Um, just trust yourself. Trust your ears. Just because you don't know how to do something doesn't mean that you're not doing it right or that you can't do it. Like I, I was always so caught up on being like, oh, is this the right way to make this cool sound I just made, or 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 like it's something wrong because i don't know what i'm doing like if it sounds cool it's cool like just just go with it trust your ears be yourself um and and yeah that's 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 the biggest advice just don't doubt yourself if you think you're dope you're probably dope but sometimes it just takes time for other people to see that you're awesome because it's kind of like chiseling away at a, a Greek god statue, like one of those Greek god statues with the, the mini penises. It's like, it starts with this beautiful marble, and then you just hack at it because you know it's in there somewhere. And then you just keep hacking, and eventually like your ideas become listenable to other people too. But it took me a while. Like I always had cool ideas, but like I didn't know how to present them to be pleasant for other people's ears. <laughs> they were just too crazy. All right, so that was Dean, a.k.a. Boylord. And if you guys want to follow him, all of his links will be down in the description, including his Instagram and his Spotify. If you guys want to listen to I Am or Zachary Lewis, the two new albums by Futuristic that Boylord actually worked on and produced, they are now available everywhere for streaming. And I'm pretty sure you can probably pick up the album in stores as well. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, please do me a favor and leave some feedback. If you leave feedback, I'm going to give you a photo print, okay? So leave some feedback wherever you are listening to this podcast, if it's iTunes or Spotify or whatever, please leave some feedback and I will send you a signed photo print that I took. I, if you didn't know, I'm a photographer and that's how I make money freelancing photos and videos and editing. But uh, yeah, if you guys leave some feedback, I'll send you a signed photo print. It's my way of saying thank you for supporting this podcast. If you want to pick up a book, I made a photo book called No Tracers, An Urban Explorer's Diary. It's about all the abandoned places I explore all over the world. And if you guys want a copy of it, whether it's digital or physical, you can get one at justtheletterk.com slash no tracers. Use the code SPOOKY2019 for 10% off your order. Thank you for listening to Project Freelance. I will talk to you guys next week for another episode. Stay strong, keep enduring, go out, and go create something.